Welcome back to Rip City Rundown Podcast. This is episode eight, and this is will be about the game two breakdown. Looking forward to game three. A little bit of an around the league recap, and then a little segment we like to do, start bench cut. So that's up on the show, the pod today. But it was the Blazers last night splitting as after they lost game two on the road to Denver, 1-1. Um, initial thoughts, first reactions? Similar to the start of game one, just... Denver was so much more physical hustle. Seeing game one, we turned that around. Didn't really turn that around. Uh, game two just kind of stayed steady the whole time. It was just down 10 to 15 points the whole game. Um, so not the best performance. We'll get into the specifics later. But before we start, Blazer fans have just got to chill. Yes. We have split. Fantastic points. We have home court. Yes. Got to chill. And this was me last night. As I, was, as I was watching the game, you know, you get very frustrated in the playoffs. Everyone is amplified. Everyone gets, you know, kind of it feels in your face when you play bad, and, and you're upset. And But you just have to remember, yes, Denver and, you know, probably the national media, and everyone is going to be overreacting, saying, you know, can the Blazers now win this series? And it's like, guys and girls, <laughs> we have split. We are 1-1. We did what we needed to do. I know it didn't look good last night. But guess what? Denver could have beat us by 40. They could have beat us by one. They only won one game. It is 1-1. All we need to do is protect home court, and we will be moving on to the second round. So with that being said, hopefully everyone can just slow down. We're still fine. Let's talk about the positives from last night. Let's talk about Dame. That second quarter had to be, I mean, that was insane. It, had to be, it was insane. He had to have at least like six, six threes in the second quarter. I mean, into the first half with eight threes. I mean, he was 32 at the half, right? Tying playoff oh record, my gosh. Vince Carter, uh, for most threes and a half. And I think if this game was closer and um, Denver didn't make adjustments to really slow down Dame, I think Dame break, could break that playoff record of 11. But, I mean, you got to give him credit. I mean, we were down, what, like as much as 20 in the first half, and we cut a four at one point. Mm-hmm. weren't able to yeah. close it out at the end of the first half. But like, yeah, that first half finish by the Nuggets was so crucial that Jokic three as time expired, yeah. put him back up 12. We just we were in that 9 to 15 point range for would, the entire game. We would make our runs, yeah. cut it to, like you said, like a 9 or 7, and then boom, Denver goes on there. But Dame, Dame showed us something that even, you know, we haven't seen much from him. He just took over. And the Nuggets, like, that's going to be there for him in this series, I feel like. The Nuggets are not going to aggressively trap for long stretches with with Jokic now in the second half putting Aaron Gordon on Dame that was a good adjustment now we know that that Michael Malone is a good adjuster when it comes to that he's good to make adjustments now we did see that Aaron Gordon was like coach put me on Dame so maybe it was Aaron Gordon's idea but nonetheless good move I think Dame also just got tired after literally carrying the entire offensive load for the Blazers but Aaron Gordon on Dame is something the Nuggets might try to explore a little bit yeah I mean if I'm the Nuggets I'm doing that unless like you really need Aaron Gordon like to do something offensively mm-hmm. you're spending his energy on defense to mm-hmm. stop Dame because I mean if he could have slowed down Dame because like I feel like Dame was still blowing by him in the second half like at least for the third quarter just like a couple just like bounce bad bounces here or there on bounce passes or something like mm-hmm. butterfingers from Simons or Cantor like Dame would have ended up with yeah. 15 assists if yeah, shots going down. I think Aaron Gordon on Dame is definitely something. I don't think it's going to be effective for long, but I think in short stretches, kind of throw Dame off his rhythm. It's definitely a, a thing that the Nuggets can can go to. Let's just run through the starting five for the Blazers quick. Just kind of initial reactions to their to their game. Um, so CJ McCollum goes nine of twelve from the field, two yeah. of three for twenty one points. Probably the most 
efficient, terrible night you could have. I mean, he finishes minus 23 in the I box think, score. I think a lot of people are, are looking at that because he did have five turnovers, five Yeah, that, that's big. I mean, that's like, big. But, like, CJ didn't play bad. Another just, like, solid CJ night, but, like... It was I the turnovers. more than 12 shots. Like, if you're 9 for 12, keep shooting, but, I mean... We're going to need game know. game seven CJ to pull up for one of these games soon. He's going to need to get back on it. Uh, Norman Powell. Norman Powell has been struggling um, from this series. Five for nine is still decent. He has, I don't, I think he's, is he yet to make a three in the series? He hit one. He hit one in game one, but he, think, he, he, he he's the, he is the release valve because when they're going to trap Dame hard, they're not going to let CJ try to, like CJ's a great ISO player, but for efficient bat baskets, it's going to, it's going to have to be Norman Powell. Yeah, I mean, he had his moments throughout the game, like his just his drive to the basket, being physical down low was good to see. But I mean, he only ended with three fouls, but I think he got three early first half fouls, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, because that's why Derek Jones Jr. came in the game um, later in the second quarter. But I mean, he just kind of looked a little out of rhythm shooting wise. Um, really, the, the thing is. You want him to help more other than scoring because I mean he ends with zero rebounds, zero assists. So he was yeah. kind of just out there Logging looking minutes. to score the ball, but really yeah. didn't score the ball. A couple blocks, which is good. Roko now, Roko with three points, hit one three. I mean, he's not going to be the guy. He's going to probably get the least amount of shots in that starting five. He's known for his team defense and just for you know his solid offensive like acumen. But four turnovers from Roko is not going to cut it either. Like I don't know, he had a. A very Roko game. I mean, I don't judge Roko by how many points he scores. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I probably judge it by, you know, how well of, of defense he's playing. And if he's getting spot-up look threes, you got to knock, like, half of them down. And he did that. Yeah, I mean, I think Roko had, like, two just bad calls, like, foul-wise on him. Like, he had a couple, like, good strips. And we can wait on this, or do you want to talk about the refs right now? We can. We had – we just we by. just had Nurkic left. Um, let's talk about Nurkic. Nurkic. <sighs> National media is uh, – not on him. Yeah, so the, yeah, the, this morning, uh, kind of national TV going around. You know how ESPN likes to do it. They really like to overreact to every game. So, you know, the Bucks are up 2-0 on the Heat. Therefore, the Bucks will sweep the Heat. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But, you know, ESPN likes to really. But they were getting on Nur- Nurkic today. And to be honest, I agree with them. Like, Nurkic is a very good player. He has the talent. But in order for us to win this series at the way we want to win it, he is going to have to be, like, we need Nurk fever. Like, we're going to need it. He has to play more physical against Jokic. And I, I know that a couple of those calls are not ideal. That's just how it went last night. I mean, Nurk's had 13 rebounds, but seven points, two of eight, that just is not going to cut it. And Nurk, a key thing about him is he's actually a really good playmaker as a five. And only have one assist is not the best. I mean, Looking at this whole team, Damian Lillard had ten assists. Other than Dame, we have five assists as a team. Like, the, well, the ball the ball movement oh last gosh, night was was, was terrible. So there wasn't a single assist from the bench. Except I'm sorry, Simon's, Simon's had one assist. But I mean, he only played ten minutes because he got smacked in the chin, no foul. But well, that's for another time. Yeah, but. well, let, let's go for it now. Let, let's talk about the refs, right? I'm not going to use the refs as an excuse from last night. It was bad both ways. It was bad both ways. They didn't allow Denver to probably blow us out because other than Dame, we played horrible last night. But I didn't let the Blazers get back in the game. No momentum. The, the third quarter might have been the most unwatchable stuff I've mm-hmm. seen in a while. And I think it all culminated in that C.J. McCollum flagrant foul, which had to be – that was a horrific call. Horrific. I mean, Composo was just doing Composo things, trying to get under his skin. C.J. has his positioning on the block for an inbound play. 
And then Composite just gets up in his face and moves CJ off the block. So CJ's like, okay, I'm going to move you back. I'm going to get back to where I was. Composite falls to the ground right into Jokic's leg, which is just kind of scary if I'm the Nuggets because you yeah. don't really want someone falling into your star player's leg for right. no reason. But refs just being soft. And that's also after another flagrant foul from Melo. From Melo, where it's just, a, just shove. a little shove. Like, if you want to call it a it's, foul, you it's can. It's playoff basketball. Is you Mello have really to... moving Jokic that, that much? No. No, they're, the Nuggets really embellished last night. The Nuggets, the, the Nuggets, we took the Nuggets' best punch last night. We took their best punch. They played fantastic. They The refs were terrible both ways, but the huge calls, that those favored Denver every time. And that part of that is being home court. Part part of that is, you know, just sometimes that's how that's how it goes, I guess. I don't want to make excuses. But losing by 19 on the road, Nuggets really had everything going right for them. I mean, the Nuggets backcourt. I mean, they're shooting in the first quarter. River starts two for two. Composo drains a couple. And you, you just got, you got MPJ started hitting threes. Now, you knew that was going to happen. But you just, I don't know. It was going to be tough to win last night. It's tough to go on the road to start a series and go 2-0, which is why, again, people need to calm down. 1-1 is good. But the Nuggets really had a lot going for them last night from their own team and the refs. Yeah, I mean, the refs made their presence early with the whole MPJ, shoving Nurkic, Tibbetts getting into it. I like to see that. I love that. that. I love that. I really like Tibbetts. But, I mean, refs just, I think it was like 52 fouls on the night, 48 free throws. I mean, I could be wrong. I could check right now. Yeah, 48 free throws, 52 fouls, and then like four techs, two flagrants, and three techs on the Blazers. Two Whistle happy. It was, it, was, it, was, it was really rough because it was it, it, the refs, I'm not going to say Dame was going to claw Portland back in it somehow, but Dame, you know, and Aaron Gordon contributes this too because he played good defense on Dame in the second half. But Dame was that. He had a chance to have a special, special game. And the refs never let either team get into the flow of the game. It was whistle every 30 seconds. It was and bad. It was like, really bad. Whistles when there were fouls or when there weren't fouls and no whistles when there's not, when there is fouls. Because like, they're trying to make up call. They, they lost control out, they of the game no, early. No rhythm. No yeah. rhythm for them. I mean, so that's fine. Um, hopefully the refs next game will be a little better. Um, let's talk about turnovers for the Blazers. Um, so we know during the regular season – the Blazers were the best team in the league at taking care of the ball. Fewest turnovers per game. Their turnover percentage was very, very low, very good. But they have 21 turnovers last night, which is abnormally high. And it was a huge contributing factor to this loss. I mean, if you just look at the pure shooting stats on the night, uh, we hit 16 threes, they hit 12. We hit 23 feet, those they hit 24. They were able to take 16, no, 13 more shots than us and end up hitting 11 more. Um, a lot of that's because of turnovers. It's second opportunities. We even had more rebounds than them. Like they had the the, I think I don't know what the stats for this is, but I know they had so many more fast break points. So at one point in the third quarter, it was like sixteen to zero in mm-hmm. fast break points, and that's just because they get those turnovers and get out and run, and we don't really get back on defense. Yeah, and it stems from a from a defensive perspective for the Blazers. The Blazers are not going to be a good defensive team. We know this. They're going to win by their offense. And by offensive, offensively, they didn't play horrible. Shot 48% from the field, 48.5% from three. That's not bad at all. But when you give Denver, like, more shots than you, they have, like, chances to miss. Like, they have more of a, like, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They, they're just going to... They're gonna hit shots when you give them their shots. Yeah. If you give them ten but when more you give shots, them more opportunities, they have more leeway. Yeah. Like they they have more room of error. Margin of error is what I'm trying to say. That's that's margin of error. Yeah. Margin of error. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um 
But the Nuggets bench. Let's talk about the Nuggets bench. Paul Millsap, 15. Yeah, five of eight. Jermichael Green, two of six. Both field goals he made were offensive re- rebounds and uh, putbacks that kept a run going. I will say, um, the call that really sold, that sent it for me with the refereeing, and I really don't want to sound like a homer. I know this is a Blazer podcast, and we're all Blazer fans, but Nurkic's fifth, where Paul Mills, I've got three for those. Mm-hmm. He shot yeah. slides to his right and almost takes a charge. Like, that's not your shooting motion. I'm surprised Terry didn't challenge. He challenged the other one, which was we'll the charge. Get Terry. Terry had a couple a couple things last night that probably... I do understand you don't want to challenge in the, like that early. You want to save it, but when, you know, it's Nurk and your, your you backup a, defensive yeah. big is in his canter. Like, no turn, shade to canter, but he's just not a good defender. Turn style defense. When, when you go to the uh, airport or a ball game, you go to a, a baseball game and you get to um you know you go through the uh the turnstiles that is ner- or that is canner allowing you to go in he just mm-hmm. opens up the hips allows you right by yeah but that's I mean, the Blazers defense um let's, let's stats. we can yeah okay we can talk about stats um yeah we'll talk about stats um, so Michael Malone yeah, makes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Michael Malone makes his adjustments he puts Gordon on um on Dame, Dame in the second half. He bring play tells them to play more physical, more physicality, more you know embellishment. It's playoff basketball. I mean, you take advantage of how the refs are calling it. The Nuggets did that brilliantly last night. Um, the question is, how will Terry respond? Because it's interesting because this team, there, there, there's the Blazers have two have two teams. They have the team from last night and the team from game one. Game one is ball movement, people. I mean, we didn't even shoot that much better in, in game one, but it's the ball movement. It's the more defense Nurkic looks more engaged and then there's this version where it's all iso and, and hero ball and I think part of the game flow like called for that like Dame was like I need to get these boys back in the game I think that's part of it but it'd be very interesting to see what Terry will do adjustment wise you got any suggestions um, for Terry because I know he watches this <laughs> listens to this before I go in what we should adjust for game three because we can just get a full game three preview in a second yeah um Terry's adjustments just some of Terry's decisions in game like what a Jokic have like 14 first quarter points. And I know it's part of our game plan, and I praised it the first time, first game was uh, let Jokic score. But it can't be let Jokic score and it's, let the others score. Yeah, it, it, the problem is is I get the let Jokic score, but 15 for 20 is too efficient. you got to play a little yeah. better defense than I mean, that. If he goes 10 for 20, fine. If you look at his interview at the end of the first quarter, um, Terry was just like, yeah, Jokic's in tough shots. We gotta allow him to. We're gonna let him take those tough shots. And but some of Jokic those are really a, tough. Jokic, the thing is, Jokic is an MVP, and he's gonna hit tough shots. So, and it's it's hard because Jokic is, can hit tough shots, but you have got to limit either Jokic's tough shots, absolutely make him be a playmaker. Or it's make just, him be just so fascinating because Dame played better than Game One. The rest of the Blazers did did not, I must say, but. Aaron Gordon's pretty very similar points wise. MPJ had less points than he did in Game One. Jokic had about Jokic had a little more, but like it was the I guess it was the was bench. The and I am gonna say this again: just the game flow. There was never a game flow, and that just then that, that was part of it. But for Terry Stotts, I think one thing you can look at, and I think I really hope he does it, is if you have Dame and CJ playing ISO ball, or you know if they're the offense. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. He's, he's gonna have to play more. I think that that's an adjustment you can make. Put Derek Jones Jr. on Michael Porter Jr. That's more size. I think, if especially with Norman Powell or he, he, even CJ to an extent for defense, like CJ's defense is not good. It's just not. He makes up for it on the offensive end. But when he has a night like he did last night where he's just not shooting the volume he's, he needs to be shooting, he's going to be a net negative on the court. 
I think just in the back of Terry's head, I mean, DJJ ended up plus eight on the night, the best plus minus of the of the game. I mean, he played what of five the, of the team, but uh, or of the team, but a lot of those, a lot of those pluses, whatever you want to call, it, was when Dame was going off. So, but DJJ still had a backdoor cut. But that, that's shot. what I'm saying. I think you can really utilize that. It's a very efficient play, like Derek Jen Jr. cutting baseline. I know if he's in for extended stretches, he will become a liability because he will be forced to hit open threes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think in the back of his mind, he's like, we cannot have an out, another Alfred coming in. I get that. But, but I, I think for certain stretches, that his defense is good enough to like cancel out his offense. It's the same thing. Because if, if you have Dame, Powell, DJJ, Rocco, and Nurk out there, or even Simons and Dame and DJJ, there's enough offense from the other four to where you don't really need Derek Jones Jr. As long as he's cutting baseline and not camping in the corner. Mm-hmm. We got, I yeah. think, four easy points off just back cuts because we're such a three-point shooting team. We can get in the paint with him. And it's individual. He's the best individual defender on the team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That, that's something. That's adjustment you should. You think I think good? just. Terry, you hear that? Derek Jones Terry Jr. Wilson. should play a little more. I think the other thing is Terry just has to galvanize the troops better. We just. He's just a little passive on the bench. I know Dame's got the fire, but last night we just Pivots has the fire. We just looked disinterested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, super hard to win two games on the road, so still would have liked to see a little more energy. Game three preview. How do you see game three going? Game three preview. Two, so Thursday night, ten o'clock. Thursday night or seven o'clock. Yeah, ten o'clock for the East Coast guys like ourselves. Um, I'm expecting the Blazers to play a lot better. Not only because I think that was rock bottom for everyone but Dame. I think at home, fans, you want to talk about fans? 8K in the stands, vaccinated section. So is that is that 8K plus a vaccinated section, or is that a vaccinated section plus fans, which I equals 8K? it might be a total of 8K, but certain sections of the arena will be more filled than others. So, I mean, you're going to have at least like 7K of those people, first Blazer game and a year and a half so just know moda is going to be really really loud yeah and i think the blazers will ride that to a game three win i re- i really do i think the blazers protect at least the first game on home court um but it's gonna have to be a much better effort i think i think you'll see nurt come out more assertive i think hopefully terry will find a way to keep nurt a little more out of foul trouble because that was another game change or an adjustment that denver made from one to two game one to game two, is really target Nurk because the fall-off defensively from Nurk to Kanner is massive. Mm-hmm. And if Nurk's off the floor, the Blazers' defense is us, them just missing shots. We're not we're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, Nurk is going to have to keep his cool, play good defense, play sound offense, be a playmaker. I mean, we ask a lot of Nurk, but it's because we know he is capable of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. I think CJ is going to have to have a much better game, um, I think, like, shooting-wise. I think he just needs... He needs to be a little more of a playmaker. We can't rely just on Dame to have... I agree. I just ball reasons. movement. Ball movement is very important. For game one, we were carving him up. Yeah, I mean... I don't know why you, we I stemmed from that. The role players are... We're going to get another performance like game one from the bench. I mean, we are 4-0 and at home since fans have returned. So, I mean, in some big games. You got yeah. San Antonio, not too good. But Den- the Denver and Los Angeles, especially the Los Angeles game, was a big game. So, I mean, like, we 
we play well in front of our fans. We've always had a yeah. great home court advantage. The but this is a huge – I mean, at this point, the great thing about how these best of seven works is you split on the road, and now you're playing best of five with home court. You're playing best of five with home court. You get three of the next four games at home. That's a good way to look at it. You get three of your next four games. You win your home games, you are, mo- are, are moving on. So that is our game through preview for the for the Blazers game on Thursday night. I would, I'm very glad we get an extra day of rest. Dame needs it. He played 42 minutes. Um, let's go around the league. Just I know last podcast was Sunday afternoon, so we missed the Sunday night games. But let's talk about just in the Western Conference. So the Grizzlies. The I Grizzlies. Did not watch any of that game. I Sorry, actually thinking, stayed up and watched the game. Donovan Mitchell sat. Donovan Mitchell yeah, sat. He's a little heated about that. He will be playing tomorrow night, though. He will. But the Grizzlies stealing home court from the Jazz is huge. And, you know, it, it took a lot because the Grizzlies played very well. Dylan Brooks had an insane game, and the Jazz shot atrociously from the three-point line. And they didn't have their star player. So I still think this series max goes to six. But the fact that Grizzlies took game one is fantastic. Yeah, for, that's that's great. Um, it shouldn't really affect us at all. Lakers Suns. This was this. This is huge. Us. I mean, this is huge Le- because. Go go ahead go ahead. Um, LeBron and Anthony Davis did not look that good. But then again, LeBron I think has lost like six straight game ones um, to start the playoffs or something like that. So I mean. Yeah. You know he 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 likes to feel it out a little game one. Yeah. Feel out game. A lot Agreed. differently tonight. But, I mean, like... It should be a very good game. The Suns came to play. The Suns came to play, and it was without Chris Paul for a while, which is very interesting. Yeah, Phoenix, here's my thing. Again, as a Blazers fan, I'm, you know, just... It's human nature to look ahead, even though you shouldn't. Den- Denver is our focus. We have to beat Denver in order to move on to the next round. Denver is a team standing in our way. However, if we hypothetically beat Denver, I don't know who I would rather play. Because... The the Lakers have the the, the two stars. They're gonna get their. It's the refing from last night would be the whole Lakers series. If I'm being honest, the Lakers just get calls like that. They are the biggest market in the NBA. It's not even like a theory or you know like the NBA's rigged. It's just how it is with 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 big markets. That's just how it's gonna be. We saw it in the bubble last year too. I think the Suns on the other hand they are solid. They are a really good team. They're they're, they're more complete for sure. They're young. The Blazers played them really hard at the end of the season. I think no matter without what, Aiton, no matter what, I want to play the Suns. Like star power is so big in the playoffs, and just LeBron is so hard. Chris to Paul beat. is so crafty. And if we do play the Suns, they are not going to be like full. When I, I don't want to say like a hundred percent because obviously it will be, but like coming off, they're going to come off a ton of energy spent in game this first series. Yeah, I I could definitely see the Suns winning this series in seven. I think a game seven, that'd be a crazy game. Um, it's a huge game tonight, though. I, I expect the Lakers to steal home court. I just think LeBron comes back. He, he's the greatest in-game adjustment yeah. man there is. But that is a good point you bring up because going deep, going series deep, we saw it with, with the Nuggets and Spurs They when we went to the mm-hmm. Western Conference Finals. They went to seven. Yeah. We, went our, to, our we went to five. We got rest. Yeah, that's tough. So... I don't know. Whoever we play, I think they'll be tired. Whoever we hope to play. We could also go go to seven, though. I mean, you never know. Um, quick, quick focus on the East real quick. I mean, I, can I throw in one yeah, thing sure, quick? The Mavericks also took game 
game one from the Clippers. I know we think we touched on that. We did touch on. This. I think we did. That's tonight. I expect the Clippers to win. There's. I don't think the Mavericks can they, go two zero on them on the road. Kind of played the perfect game, other than Porzingis chucking up shots, which we did already talk about. But that's besides the point. That Hawks Knicks game. That's that's that my favorite one, series to watch. Best games. I mean, Trey Young. There's, there's nothing. The crowd. There's nothing like playoff basketball in Madison Square Garden. There I really isn't. Like, and it's a must win for the Knicks. The last time they were really this good was like 2013, and like. Wow, and who they have? Who they have? Carmelo. While like I was a basketball fan, I wasn't nearly as into the NBA as I am now. So like this is really my first time seeing Madison Square Garden like this. Yeah, that's so, true. It's but yeah, that's a fantastic series. I expect the Knicks to come back and win game two. I hope. Um, let's do our little start bench cut segment. Get us. We'll start bench cut. So you know how how it works. Start. I give you three options, or you give me three options. You have to start one, to bench one. You have to cut one. It's kind of like a you rank them. It's kind of like the um, f Mary kill of I think of sports. Start I don't know, man. They might not. Okay, let's go with who do you have on the start? I do have nice. one to start. Got, okay. got one to start. Who do you trust the most to tie the series up? Knicks, Lakers, Clippers. Knicks, Lakers, Clippers. Knicks, Lakers, Clippers. I will start the Clippers. I agree with I that. I think too. the Clippers think at home the they're kind of almost the favorite coming out of the West. Like they, I th- I expect a statement game from them tonight. The other two are the Knicks and the Lakers. Lakers. I'm going to bench the Knicks okay. because they are also at home, and you cannot go down 2-0 at home. I'm going to cut fair, the Lakers fair, because fair, fair. they have the toughest opponent, and they're on the road. Okay. So I'll cut the Lakers. Um, I'll, I'll go with one. I think I agree with your list. Start, bench, cut. Let's go with players who will have the best game two, the most impactful game two for their team tonight. Yeah, no, sorry, t- tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yes. We'll go Del- uh, Dylan Brooks, Bradley Beal, Julius Randle. Is it the best game, or is it? I think it's be the, the most, most impactful. Or like most impactful. It doesn't necessarily like, going to win, but who is going to like play the best? Okay, no, that's. I think. I'm gonna say Julius Randle had a really bad game one. I don't think he does that again. I'm gonna start Julius Randle. Okay. Um, he needs to have a big game if they want the Knicks want to win. Um, I'm gonna bench actually Dylan Brooks because Donovan Mitchell is coming back. Dylan Brooks will have that assignment. And if Dylan Brooks can put in 20 again, I mean, he put in like 31 last time. If he can put in at least 20. And hold And Donovan, hold Donovan Mitchell yeah. to say sub 25. I mean, Grizzlies could be looking at him possibly a 2-0 series lead. And I'll bench Bradley or cut Bradley Beal just because, I mean, I think no matter what he does, the Wizards are still at an uphill battle. Okay. you have any more? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do one more each. Let's do some Blazer ones. Okay. We'll do a Blazer one. It's about about the series. I can't really think of one right now. Like, okay, oh. I'll come up with one. Um, who do you think in Game Three? This is just your personal opinion. Maybe it can be off past statistics, whatever. Uh, player to have the most impactful slash best Game Three for the Blazers. We'll go with Simons, Carmelo, Norman Powell. Ugh. that's that, that's a tough one. Because Powell has kind of been off. 
But I really want to say he's going to get it going again. So I'm actually going to start Mello. I think Mello is the most playoff tested. He's the one that understands that we... I mean, I'm not saying Powell's not here. No, Mello's he the is a champion. Mello can get hot. Um, and I do think Mello has another one of those games where he gets like 15 to 18. Um, especially in front of the crowd. I mm-hmm. would bench Norman Powell because I still think he's super valuable to our team. It's just his ability to drive and get out in transition. Mm-hmm. I'll, bet, I'll cut Simons. I'm not saying that means Simons is going to have a bad Shout game. out to Simons. He's played a I very mean, good series so far. Hopefully that lip is The uh, three-point shooting has been fantastic. Any more? You good? Okay, start, bench, cut. This is going to be a kind of a different one, but most annoying player on the Nuggets. Okay? Oh, start, I like bench, this. Cut. I so like you're this. starting the most annoying one. Facundo Campazzo. Does this have to be active players? They they can be on the on the bench. I'm not gonna throw Jamal Murray in because I think he was better this past game. He still can. Um, Facundo Campazzo. Right. No, that's the first one. That is the first one. Jokic. Jokic can be annoying. And then we will throw in. <sighs> Got to think of this last one. I wanted because I think Campazzo might be the one that's getting started here. Um, do I go with MPJ? Do I go with you know what? We'll say uh, Marcus Howard. Austin Rivers, actually. Okay. I'm going to start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers is not super annoying to me. If he was good, he'd be more annoying. He's annoying when he hits two threes and kind of tries to talk smack. and then just He does. But that's, that's, that's every role player. Oh, boy. Um, to start, man, that's, that's tough. I'm gonna start Jokic, and here's why. Okay, uh, and and I'll bench Campazzo. Jokic is super talented. That's already annoying. Number one, when you have to go up against someone like that, that's just annoying. It's it's kind of I'm kind of yeah, hating fair. a little bit, and I'm acknowledging that. I've never I think Jokic, uh, but when you're seven feet and just huge. You get pushed by Mello, and it's a flagrant. <laughs> or you're embellishing almost every possession. You kind of throw the head back, kind of try to get a call. It's it's really annoying. And Dame Dame does it too to an extent, but Dame also drives hard and does not get a lot of calls when he gets nailed going going to the cup. So I'm going to start Jokic because of that. I think for the size he is, he really tries to embellish stuff. No, that's not to say Composo doesn't flop, but Composo. I, I appreciate him because he's undersized and he plays hard and he's very uh, he has integrity for the game. I think he like is mm. like in 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 game one he was like the ref was like that's off the, oh yeah that's yeah, off the that, Blazers that was, that was cool, that was cool. and he was like no it's off me and I think they're gonna change the call anyway but I'm um, gonna start Jokic bench Composo although that flop from Composo last night so, yeah um final question for you this is not a start bench cut this is just a simple question who do you like. Who do you actually respect the most on the Nuggets? Like, who are you just like, respect. fair play, I, I, I enjoy your game, I think you play hard. For me, I don't really know, but I'm going to say Aaron Gordon. Like, I I think he... I like Aaron Gordon because he I seems like, him, yeah. like a business first guy. He doesn't get caught up in the trash talk. He, he, can, he talks, but as an NBA player, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I would also say Paul Millsap to an extent. Oh, just yeah. an old, just solid guy. He's a professional. Um... But I mean, Composo, Rivers, Jokic, and, P- and PJ to an extent. This is a much less annoying team than the one we beat in 2019. I will say. 
Yeah. Just remember, you remember MPJ on the sidelines oh, in that yeah. series? I mean, come on. Um, well, sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the Nuggets. Yeah, I'd have to go with Millsap or Aaron Gordon for that one. Um, I think that's it, right? That that's should wrap it up. Game three is on the Moda Center floor. The 27th? Thursday. Thursday, the 27th. I believe it might be on NBA TV, which would really suck. That would actually... Here, we're going really to really get a little fact check on that for you guys. Wow. It is on NBA TV, so which is bad. tough. Portland's favored by four. Portland is favored by four, which is a good line. It's a good line. It's It's a home game. I expect the Liz to win. I don't want to ask for too much, though. I just want a really good game and hopefully a W. And we will come back at you guys Friday after game three, and we'll talk about game three. Preview for game four. Hopefully we're up 2-1 in the series, and hopefully this game three doesn't take four four OTs. But I want to be mad. But I want to be mad if it ended in a W. I agree. That's all we got from Rip City Rundown. This was episode eight, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.